transitions are exhausting. So many things change, you end up feeling lost. You can find yourself questioning your relevance and even your worth. Whether you're gaining a new surname or going to a new situation, there are two things I want you to know. First, your roles in life will change, but your purpose is eternal. Second, God has a plan for your life and the enemy has a plot against that plan. I'm Sherry Fletcher, and this is Your Spiritual Game Plan, the podcast for those in a season of transition, and I'm so glad you're here. Stick around, and let's work on a spiritual game plan together. I'm Sherry Fletcher, the host of Your Spiritual Game Plan, and I'm going solo today, so I'm going to share a little bit about myself and why I'm so passionate about helping you develop your own spiritual game plan. Sharing the message of how intentionally you were made to be a part of God's plan is important to me, but I also want to help you understand that the enemy is just as intentional with a plot against that plan. That is why I love to write, speak, and also bring on some great guests to the show to help you develop your own spiritual game plan so that you can live out the calling that you were created for. My husband and I are empty nesters and we recently moved to Tennessee. We have three grown children and I have a dog. Her name is Libby. I love being active and outdoors and I love taking walks and hikes with my family and friends. I also love hosting people. In fact, I've been known for inviting you over for a cup of coffee anytime, no matter what state my kitchen is in. So welcome, grab a cup of coffee and join me. I'm so glad you're here. That dreaded 10 a.m. bell had rung and now it was time to head outside and line up against the wall of our two classroom elementary school building. Soon, we would start the painful process of picking teams for PE. Well, I knew that routine well by now because even though I had graduated from that little room, also known as grades one through four, to the big room, grades five through eight, my status of being the kid that the teams got stuck with had not changed. I was not good enough at sports to be among those that was chosen first or even fifth. Soon I'd find my place in the outfield and I could avoid even having to attempt to catch a ball, much less throw one because you wouldn't want me to throw one. (laughs) Knowing that I was the teammate that they were stuck with gave me permission to live up or if you want me to say live down to the expectation. And quite frankly, I didn't want to try anyway, so. Why? I mean, it would only confirm why I was never chosen to begin with, because I wasn't good enough to be chosen. And then one day, when we lined up against the wall, I started organizing the stones with the tip of my shoes, you know, waiting for the names to be called. And then, you know, the unexpected happened. I heard, I picked Sherry. Like, this hush fell over all these kids like the kind of hush that like every teacher wishes would happen all at one time and then 
in one synchronized move, like all the heads turned and looked at me at the end of the line. <laughs> like, did I hear that right? I looked at the team captain with the same doubt that all the other kids looked at him. Are you serious? But his smile and the way he like waved at me with his hands. Yes, come here. I had been chosen first. And you better believe it. I was going to do my best not to let him down. Because once that game started, I paid careful attention to every single ball. When that pop fly came into my field, yes, yes, it's true. I caught it. And I remember that day very, very fondly. Like, as you can tell, that young man made an impact in my life by choosing me and being good enough to be chosen. I mean, it's what I wanted, and I think it's probably what you want too. I think it's what we all want. And our lives can seem like my recess experience when we all have to line up against that wall, hoping to be good enough to be chosen. Or sometimes they can be like what I got to experience watching my own kids go through when they wanted to be chosen for a varsity sports team they had to try out. They had to work to be better than other players to earn a place on the bench. And when they made the team, they had to continue to earn that right to play. I mean, this is just the way our lives on this earth work. It's not all bad. We need to work to improve our skills and be a good team member and have good attributes. But as I watched my children work hard to maintain their positions, I remember how I felt not to be not the one that was chosen. I clearly saw how the enemy works in our lives. The, man, the enemy wants us to think that we have to constantly try to be good enough, to be good enough. He wants us to think that we have to be in a world of constant tryouts. And he wants us to believe that we're in this lineup hoping that Jesus is going to choose us. And when we believe this way, we live a life that's a lot like me standing in that outfield, ignoring this game because we're the person that everyone gets stuck with. And you might be listening thinking, okay, I don't play sports, so this doesn't apply to me. But you probably were the one that tried out for choir or band. Maybe you tried out for cheer or drama, or maybe you interviewed for a position, or you hoped to be asked to prom by a certain someone, or you weren't voted in for that position, that chair position on a board. I think you're getting, you're getting the idea. And we've all had these moments in our life when we were not chosen. And those are times when we've accepted what I call an I am label. So I am, and then you can finish the sentence any way you want. Now, the sad thing is, is when I ask people to fill in that sentence any way they want, it's really sad to say 
that they don't finish it very well. Some of the responses I've gotten are clumsy, not smart, nothing special, not pretty, I'm stupid. Now, when I ask people to finish that sentence, I am, the sad thing is, is I don't tell them how to finish it. They just naturally finish it with unflattering things to say about themselves. Some of them that they've literally written down are, I am clumsy. I am not smart. I am nothing special. I am not pretty. These, these are actually the enemy's labels for you, and they grow roots, roots that grow deep down into the soil of your heart. And I call that soil the not good enough soil. And we seem to tend to this soil a lot more than we tend to the soil of God's truth that tells us that we're chosen. I've done some events with girls where I've had them finish that statement, I am. And just like other people that have finished the statement, they've turned in very negative and devastating answers. And I've taken those words in our meeting room and I've had a canvas there with a very big tree with defined roots. And I've taken their words and I've written their words on those roots. And then I've had paper cutouts in the shape of fruit. And we would talk about what kind of fruit this tree would bear. What kind of fruit would a tree with roots of stupid, not worthy, should have never been born, nothing special, second choice, ruin everything, clumsy. I think you get the picture. And these are actual replies. What? What kind of fruit would this tree bear with roots that are uh, growing like in the soil of not good enough? The girls immediately wrote down on their fruit, give up, dark, anger, depression, rage, lies, cutting, drugs, alcohol, seek attention, just to name a few. All too often, we hear what Satan wants us to believe louder than what God wants us to know. Those negative thoughts, they grow down and they grow deep into our heart and our mind, just like roots on a tree. And we all know what the job of roots are. They provide an anchor for the tree. They take in water. They take in nutrients that are needed for that tree to grow and be strong and to produce these, the fruit. And the roots of what we believe about who we are feed our thoughts and they produce fruits, otherwise known as actions. If the roots of our thoughts are what Satan wants us to believe, we will act the way Satan wants us to act. What are some of the ways that you have behaved because of what you think about yourself?
when you finish your own I am statement, how has it made you behave? What are some of your fruit? When I believe I'm not good enough, I will treat others like they're not good enough. I can say hurtful things about them to make myself feel better. The Bible tells us in Matthew 7, verses 17 through 20, that how we behave is called a fruit. Every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. So on the flip side, it's important then to ask ourselves, how do we behave towards others when we believe we are good enough? When I believed I was chosen, I wanted to be a good teammate. I paid attention to the game. I was ready to play. When we believe what Jesus tells us about who we are, we cannot bear bad fruit. Let's look what Jesus wants us to know. Even before this world was made, God had already chosen us to be his through our union with Christ so that we would be holy without fault before him. Because his love, God had already decided that through Jesus Christ, he would make us his children. This is his pleasure and purpose. Ephesians 1 verses 4 through 5. I love that. Before this world was made, before there were teams, positions, sides, for anything, you and I were chosen. We were chosen so that we would be without fault, so that those labels, those I am labels that the enemy tries to stick on us would not be true, so that we would be without fault. Jesus tells us that we know in our hearts that we are chosen and that we are loved and that we are his beautiful masterpiece that we will bear good fruit. I love this quote by Heather Holman in Chosen for Christ. Living a chosen life sets us free from the need to find validation anywhere else but in God. Even when everyone else gains attention or awards, we don't need anyone else or any experience to make us feel special or valued. And we are set free to settle into our lives because we believe God chose us for the life we're living. And now we take the first step into this chosen life. We have strong opposition every day. Satan doesn't want us to be ready to help God's team. That team is you and me. We are God's team, the body of Christ. But unlike sports teams at school, we don't need to try out and we don't need to prove that we're worthy to be on the team. 
And like my sixth grade team captain, God is smiling at you and he's confirming, yes, you heard me. I choose you. Come on, let's go. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I don't want you to miss out on anything. So when you sign up for my email, you will get details on how to start your own spiritual game plan, the latest news on the Bible study I'm working on, and also a glimpse behind the scenes of things that don't make it onto this podcast. So head on over to sherryfletcher.com and click join Sherry at the top of the screen. And I look forward to connecting with you there.